Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sabah al khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855am and Palestine Remembered with Yusuf Ahmed al Rimawi and Nasser Mashni. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Australia's only radio program that is totally dedicated to the Palestinian cause in English language. We would like to welcome our listeners on the AM dial and those who will join us later on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. In today's episode, we will be talking with Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim, a Palestinian academic, commentator, author, and analyst. For this and more, stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser. Good morning, Yusuf. How are you doing? Today we have uh, a very important interview with an expert on international relations. Uh, but I believe uh, before that uh, there is a bit of news well, you want to share. Just, just some, some breaking news because, you know, often we don't get to, to break news here. But on, on Monday, um, uh, amazingly, the uh, United States opened their first permanent military base in Israel. <laughs> now, it's going to be in the Negev and it's only got two dozen soldiers, but uh, high-ranking U.S. officers attended the dedication ceremony, you know, where they played the um, uh, United States national anthem <laughs> and the Israeli national anthem. But As if the whole state is not uh, a base for America. One big military garrison for the United States, yeah. So well, this th- is they've officially got a base there now, as if Israel wasn't. There is there. now an, an American flag. <laughs> okay, so uh, we do, we, I don't want to say congratulations, yeah. but uh, so this is another dagger in the area. And uh, like we said, the whole state of Israel is acting like another... Uh, or maybe the other way around. If we put it uh, from a uh, foreign policy perspective, uh, the American foreign policy uh, in, uh, since the inception of Israel has been serving the interests of Israel more than the interests of the United States. Well, it's been, uh, look, and, and that power comes from APAC and the lobby, and as we've discussed previously, you know, um, there's no question that, that Arab foreign policy is dictated from Jerusalem through to, uh, from Tel Aviv through to APAC, through to... Washington, And we've seen uh, an important uh, report in 2006 by experts from Harvard University yeah. and uh, Chicago University elaborating on that. So we'll talk we about that. We should do a special show on Mishra Walter one month. Certainly. I think it's, it's worth revisiting every now and then. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now we're head towards our interview with Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim. Uh, a Palestinian academic from Birzeit University and a commentator in Arab media on Palestine and Israel. Stay with us. Uh, Dr. Ahmed, thanks for being with us today. 
my pleasure. Doctor, if we start the discussion of Israel and its international relations uh, with the scene uh, from the speeches at the United Nations, how did you read that in light of the um, United Nations speeches recently? Yeah, sure. Maybe I didn't uh, yet uh, have a comprehensive uh, idea about what really happened in the UN because things are still ongoing. But uh, it's very important and very dangerous to uh, hear Mr. Trump yesterday, the American president. Uh, he delivered the speech for more than 41 minutes, uh, almost 42 minutes without mentioning anything about Palestine or the Arab-Israeli conflict. Uh, he mentioned Israel twice uh, while speaking about Iran and how Iran and Hezbollah are danger and danger uh, for Israel and other countries, but he didn't mention peace process, he didn't mention anything about uh, Palestine. And also it's very important that uh, most of what he said that he it, uh, anything will depend on states, on sovereignty, on the on power. He didn't mention international uh, law. He didn't mention uh, any international peaceful uh, methods of solving the problems. And this is, I think, should give us a very uh, important sign that we are uh, heading toward difficult time. So, Dr. Ahmed, as we know, Netanyahu, t- on his way to um, New York, passed through South America. And one of the one of the realities, yeah. you know, of Israel is it's continually and perpetually seeking legitimacy in the world. Um, and you know, in in South America, thirteen of thirty three countries that supported the UN partition plan were South American, but that collapsed from you know the forties through to today. But now uh, he's back on the diplomatic uh, offensive. Yeah, I think that Netanyahu and the Israeli government in general are working on uh, several tracks uh, internationally. First of all, they are trying to develop relations with, uh, with Africa and Latin America. And there is one important reason, uh, first reason for this is in order to uh, try to weaken the support Palestinians can get in any international body. They think that we should stop the Palestinians from uh, working within the United Nations or any other such organization. The second reason, uh, Israel is planning to uh, be a member of the Security Council, United Nations uh, Security Council uh, for the term uh, 2019-2020. So I think uh, this is also part of the campaign Netanyahu and the government are trying in Africa and Latin America. Uh, more important that uh, the Israelis managed to get uh, and to develop their relations with very important countries like India and China. Uh, and so now they are looking for other circles in order to develop their relations there to stop the Palestinians from uh, developing their policy or diplomacy towards uh, BDS, record and other uh, economic uh, measurements or tools in order to face the Israeli occupation uh, policies. Um, Dr. Ahmed, you mentioned uh, in your answer uh, um, uh, Netanyahu's endeavors to build or rebuild Israel relations, including India. And I want to elaborate a little bit. I want if you could elaborate a little bit on India, especially in light of the um, uh, Prime Minister Modi, who is a representative of a nationalist 
party, the BJP in India. And if you, if we could see any correlation between Islamophobia uh, within the rise of Islamophobia and the rise of the right in India, uh, and how Israel exploited that in its relations with India. As you mentioned, uh, 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 the, uh, the Indian leader uh, Modi has been the first, uh, I think, prime minister who visits uh, uh, visit, uh, Indian uh, prime minister who visits Israel. He visited Israel and didn't visit Ramallah. Exactly. Uh, he, uh, and it's important to, to remember that uh, the Indian-Israeli relations were almost a uh, very minor one uh, 25 years ago, only after Oslo Accord, after the Palestinian uh, Israeli peace uh, 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 accords in 1993 1994, the Indian Israeli uh, relations started to develop. And the growth of the trade between the two countries in, 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 in 25 years were 2,000 persons. We, we, last year, in 2016, we have a commercial uh, relation between the two countries that up to 4.16 billion dollars, so for more than 4 billion dollars. Uh, and this is not to include the uh, military uh, deal, which uh, this year alone, 2017, up to this moment, we have uh, deals with 2 billion dollars between India and Israel. So we have a, a huge growth in the relation between India and Israel. In terms of uh, your question regarding using terrorism and uh, Islamophobia, it is not only with India. Uh, Netanyahu, in his recent visit to Argentina last week, he just uh, headed from the airport to the places, the two places that uh, have been seen. Uh, terrorist attacks in Argentina in uh, 25 years ago, he tried uh, a lot to speak about Hezbollah and to speak about the Iranian danger, danger and about the uh, Islamist and uh, terrorism. So it is core part of uh, the Israeli discourse now and the Israeli uh, message to the world. And I think he will do the same in, in the United Nations. He did the same in the United Nations. And the Trump more or less did the same thing. Um, Dr. Ahmed, uh, you mentioned in your article about the Israeli-Indian relations, which was, I think, pu published in several newspapers in the Arab world, uh, an, an important and subtle point, which is how Israel is trying to, to use the Palestinian IT expertise in 67 areas and 48 areas so that they can market their services to the Arab world and how we should we from the Palestinian side should encounter that. So could you please tell us more about this? Yeah, Benjamin Netanyahu is all the time uh, talks about what he called economical peace. He's speaking about how you don't need to have a Palestinian state or to have to end the occupation and that economy can solve the problem through offering Palestinians better jobs and more jobs, actually, not better, more jobs and uh, opportunities. And uh, usually they, the Israelis, when they think about the Palestinians in terms of economical relations, uh, they, they think about two things. The first one is how to build uh, Israeli uh, manufacturers and other things inside uh, the land that divided in 1967. So we have a cheap labor. The other, the other trend now is to, to try to use Palestinian uh, Arab uh, IT specialists uh, 
in order to develop a website and other services through the internet using Arabic language in order to go and to market their services around the Arab world and around the Arabic-speaking countries. So I think Israel is thinking how we can contain Palestinians through offering some jobs, but it should be something connected and to help the Israeli economy. It's not uh, no facilitation. No facil- they will not facilitate anything that will uh, not really help the Israeli economy. And in this way, the Palestinians should be all the time dependent on the Israeli economy and they cannot be independent in any way. Stay with us. <laughs> 
Dr. Ahmed, we, you spoke just briefly about um, about Africa, and one of the challenges um, uh, that that we face or Israel faces is the fact that of fifty four countries in Africa, for a long time, those countries voted en masse for Palestine in the UN. And the, the Israel is seeking to, you know, obviously get their seat at the UN Security Council, but also to weaken Palestinian, you know, votes. One of the, um, um, there was a move, as you know, in October, uh, coming in, in the month ahead, for a landmark summit between, you know, Israel and Africa. Now, this was called off, but, um, uh, you know, it, it almost got up and went away. So, can you have some comments on that? Yeah, sure. Actually, Israel has all the time an old known strategy of trying to uh, to have better relations with what they call circles around the Arab world. So in the 1970s, uh, Iran was one of the best uh, allies of uh, and Turkey uh, were among the allies of Israel uh, against the other Arab countries. Uh, relations with Iran now is not good. Relations with Turkey is not as uh, that and maybe Israel wanted better relations or better uh, strategies with uh, Turkey. Uh, they have some problems uh, from time to time. Uh, nevertheless, the economy and the trade is going well between uh, both of them. Uh, so they they are moving to uh, now. Uh, Israel is moving now, trying to find uh, new friends. Uh, in Africa, like like in South uh, Southern Sudan, Sudan South, uh, and other countries, and Africa is part of them. As you mentioned, uh, the African countries usually to, to be by default supporting Palestinian uh, cause and Palestinian rights. Now they they are trying. Israel is trying to find a new strategy. Most of the African countries uh, stopped their relations, uh, terminated their relations with the Israelis or the Israel, with Israel after the war of 1967 and after the, uh, the establishment of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, PLO. And uh, for, for almost 50 years now, there, there were no relations with, between Israel and uh, maybe the majority of the African countries, I'm not sure about the number, but now Israel is trying to do uh, the opposite. They are trying to re-establish the relations with the African countries. They are going to uh, poor countries, countries who have uh, also some uh, problems inside it, like Togo. Togo uh, is a dictatorship there. There is a dictatorship there. There are a lot of uh, unrest in the country, mm-hmm. and uh, they are they, they delivering a lot of uh, promises. The Palestinian diplomacy, uh, the foreign ministry, and other uh, bodies inside the Palestinian uh, official side, and even uh, uh, on popular uh, level also from Palestinians, move to Africa trying to uh, to contain and stop such uh, such uh, policies, such, <coughs> such plans. Uh, Israel has a, a very bad record in terms of racism against Africans inside Israel, either African refugees or even African Jews. Uh, African Jew, uh, Jews inside uh, Israel all the time are uh, protesting the discrimination against them. Yeah. So we've spoken about that on the show before, Dr. Ahmed, but uh, you know, the reality inside Israel, if you're uh, an African Jew, at least you're not Palestinian, so you might be third class, but you're not fifth class citizen. And you spoke about Togo, and, and the reality is in December last year, Israel hosted uh, a dozen African countries, Nigeria, Togo, Liberia, Guinea, Cape Verde, Gambia, Sierra Leone, 
as well as from Benin, Burkina Faso, Ivory Coast, Ghana, Guinea-Bissau, Senegal, to the point where Guinea and Senegal, both Muslim-majority countries, have now upgraded their relations with Israel. Um, I want to speak about you know the ongoing uh, support for you know genocide that Israel perpetuates, and we had the the crazy situation where the Rwandan President Kagame spoke at APAC in Washington. Um, this is after the Israelis, you know, uh, funded um, uh, the, w with weapons the Hutus as they killed uh, over a million Tutsis uh, in Rwanda. Uh, and today they're, they're um, still sending arms to Myanmar and the Burmese military junta. Any comments to that? You are, yeah, you are absolutely right. And uh, actually also we can add that uh, Netanyahu attended in the last June the Economical Summit of Western Africa, and this is the same, the first time that an Israeli official or maybe any any official, foreign official from outside Africa attend such summits between the countries in West Africa. And it's important. Israel also records operations. It's always with some, as you mentioned, dictators with racist regimes like the former apartheid regime in South Africa. Uh, and uh, other countries, and uh, the, 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 the speech or the discourse we hear in the United Nations, again, going back to the United Nations this year, and the Trump's uh, speech, uh, it also concentrates on interest, uh, on, on state interest, without giving any uh, attention to international law, to uh, to legal issues, to justice, to... Uh, and this is it, uh, it's important. Now, Israel is trying to say to the world, uh, your interests uh, are with us. We can help you sometimes uh, through uh, direct uh, Israeli assistance and uh, projects. Uh, Israel, uh, Netanyahu has tried to convince several African countries to uh, commission the Israelis or to contract the Israelis for building their IT infrastructure and other educational and uh, services in, in their countries, so Israel can be the essential part of the economy there. And sometimes they, 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 they try to send the message that we can mediate with the United States of America, we can be your door or your gate to reach the Americans. Um, Dr. Ahmed, you mentioned about uh, how Israel tried to encircle the Arab countries through establishing relations with the countries around. And now uh, we're heading towards an important referendum in the Kurdish uh, part of Iraq, uh, Kurdistan. And of course, uh, you may, I'm sure you may have read um, uh, comments uh, or articles from the Arab media expressing concerns about how the, the future, if we can say, Kurdish state is not shying away from having um, very warm and strategic relations with Israel on one hand, and also um, where the new state might be another pro-Israeli entity in the region. Um, how do you comment on this? Uh, Israel is working as, uh, in a very active way to start to use or to benefit from uh, what is happening in uh, North Iraq and Kurdistan. Uh, they just invited uh, guests from uh, the Kurdish part of Iraq 
and uh, if you read the Israeli newspapers and if you uh, follow uh, what the Israeli politicians are saying, uh, all of them are trying to say that uh, we uh, as uh, Jews and you as uh, Kurdish party or uh, have a common uh, problems with uh, the rest of the Arab uh, regimes and other countries. And uh, this is uh, the same thing can happen all the time. Uh, Israel is working uh, uh, to circle the Arab countries by uh, having uh, very strategic relations with uh, regimes and countries around the Arab world. And they try sometimes to penetrate the Arab world through some minorities and through some uh, playing uh, on the ground of ethnic and uh, sectarian aspects. Uh, we, ha- we hear the Israeli all the time even speaking about what they call the moderate Sunni uh, regimes or moderate Sunni uh, countries. So Israel is using the ethnic and the sectarian uh, tools. Uh, they trying to use, to benefit from any uh, in any way to divide uh, to, uh, the Arab and the, re- the region in order to say that the major conflicts, the major problems, and this is, by the way, what uh, Netanyahu said yesterday, exactly. Yesterday, when he was speaking to the United Nations, he said that the major problem is not uh, Israel or the settlements or occupation. He said the same thing in Latin America, in his speeches in Mexico City, in his speech in Mexico City, uh, for the Jewish community there, he said uh, literally, uh, settlements and uh, and Israel are not the problem in the Middle East. There are other problems. So you are going to the Kurdish uh, problem, to the Shia Sunni problem, to other problems. Um, I guess, uh, like one of the commentators said, the only two-state solution Israel believes in is two, t- two states in Sudan, two states in Iraq, and two states in other Arab countries. And uh, I guess uh, we're heading towards the end of the interview, uh, but I would like if you could comment on the um, uh, Israeli-Chinese relations in light of the um, last March's visit by Netanyahu to Beijing and uh, how that could also fit in the bigger picture of Israeli breakthroughs in regions where they historically have been part of the pro-Palestine campaigns. Yeah, there is similarity between India and China on one side and and the relation between India and Israel on one side and the relation between China and Israel. Uh, Also, the growth in the relation and the development started after Oslo Accord. Uh, Last year, uh, the the Chinese investment uh, inside Israel uh, was the the first, uh, the biggest. Is bigger than the American investment inside Israel. We are speaking about maybe um, uh, more than ten billion dollars uh, Chinese investment inside uh, Israel. Actually, sorry, we are thinking about sixteen uh, billion dollars uh, Chinese investment inside Israel. And Israel is trying all the time to develop the relation with China, especially the commercial trade relations. And actually, the United States of America maybe it is the only file or the only uh, the only area when, where they intervene to prevent Israel from uh, being uh, working freely there, because as the United States 
actually in, in the way Oranazar is trying to stop the Israelis from developing their relations with China, especially or uh, mainly when it's coming to the military relations and uh, selling uh, military technology to China. Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim from Ramallah, thank you very much for sharing these enlightening answers, although painful facts on the ground. And we're looking forward to talking to you in future episodes. Thank you, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you very much. With this, uh, we've come to the end of this week's episode of Palestine Remembered. We spoke with Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim from Palestine. Dr. Azim is a Palestinian academic, writer, commentator and analyst. Thanks for tuning in to another edition. And remember, next week, same time in the uh, 9.30 in the morning. Until we meet uh, next time, this is Nasser, Robert and Yusuf wishing you the best of time and salam.